Previously on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Back in my day, Jordan Alvarez is a beast. People have lost their damn minds about Tim Tebow getting signed. If you go down this trail, this might take the whole show now. We may not cover nothing. <laughs> I always tell people, when a person has professional in front of their name, it's a different level. If there's one position you can just jump in and play, it's tight end. You know <laughs> so when I went to Ireland, I went to the Guinness factory. Oh, man, it was a treat. I mean, ain't nobody drinking no hot-ass Guinness. <laughs> hey, we're tired of your old system. We want to have our own system where we control our destiny. You cannot blame cancel culture for your cheating ass. We believe in change, and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. Let it go out there today, baby. Three. Two, one, and once again, our mighty ship is back on course. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Oh! Mama, there goes that man. You know, ladies and gentlemen, the star of our show. Welcome, welcome, welcome aboard another edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. So glad to come to you guys again. So glad that you have joined us. And if this is your first time, welcome aboard for the very first time. We hope you stick around and enjoy and like and share and comment and all that good stuff. And if you're a return listener, we really appreciate the loyalty and the support. And we thank you for coming back again and again. And I have a number of things to run down about this episode. But first, I want to tell you, if you want more of the past episodes, if you want to learn more about us, Go to wadeswordproductions.com. That's wadeswordproductions.com. Sign up for the email list. Subscribe to the email list. And, of course, uh, read about us. Listen to past episodes. See uh, about the TFE, the Friday Express, and all that good stuff. A lot on the site. And we hope to have a lot more at some point. And I keep saying soon, but I'm working on it. But nonetheless, wadeswordproductions.com. Also, I have a a 24-hour-a-day sports line available for you guys. 832-941-6614. That's 832-941-6614. You can leave a message, a comment, a question, and we will try to get you on a future podcast. So we do a We the People segment where we hear from you guys. So I want your take. I want it to be as interactive as it can can be and that's why i have the sports line for you guys 832-941-6614 now on social media the sports talk with devin wade page and group on facebook is always a great way to interact i frequently put up poll questions there's a lot of folks who contribute we certainly appreciate that a little smack talk on the uh, on the page as well so you definitely want to check that out the sports talk with devin wade group and page and also on twitter at wade's word w-a-d-e-s-w-o-r-d well coming up this time we have a couple of very important and fun conversations with former professional basketball player former duke blue devil i guess he's always once a duke blue devil always a Duke Blue Devil. Daniel Ewing will join us to talk some NBA basketball, get his take on the play-in and the playoffs and <laughs> the Rockets, all that good stuff. And then, of course, we'll hear from our guy King T from the special teams unit, Terrence Harris, writer for the Defender, and a, uh, a storied and accomplished journalist. And we'll get his take on a number of things in and around Houston sports. So that's coming up. And we also have... Our segments, we have a Shots Fired 
We don't run that all the time, but we have a, a shots fired uh, segment coming up this time. We have the headlines. I'll climb aboard my soapbox. In addition to that, we will have a Lamont Award for the big dummy of the episode. We're here from our sponsors and our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy, and a little bit, maybe a whole lot more. So uh, with that, let's get started with some headlines. In headlines, a number of things I want to get into, but let's talk a little bit about the NBA play-in tournament. Now, the first couple of games have taken place, and, and I'll get into that in just a second. And the third of four games is underway now. Washington is leading. The Wizards are leading the Indiana Pacers, and it looks like they will secure that eighth seed. We'll see. A lot more basketball to be played. But the big game last night was Golden State and the Lakers. And I had a couple of conversations yesterday with both Terrence Harris and Daniel Ewing, and they gave us their thoughts on what they thought would happen. I think a lot of people thought that the Lakers would lose, and they almost did. But LeBron made a king-size shot, a remarkable game winner with under a minute left, and the Golden State Warriors couldn't respond. But uh, they have secured the seventh seed, and they will take on the Phoenix Suns. That should be a fun series, don't you think? Uh, and uh, the teams that well, the teams that well, the team that lost Golden State, they will take on the Memphis Grizzlies to see who can advance and be the eighth seed to take on the Utah Jazz in the opening round. Steph was Steph; he did his thing. Couldn't quite close out. Bad pass on the entry on an attempt to tie that game late, but it was LeBron. He did his thing. I didn't see Shannon show up or hear all of the buzz, but I'm sure there was plenty of it to go around uh, after the performance by LeBron James. Again, they didn't look great. They did not look great. And we'll have to monitor their health and see if they can jail and get it together. And, you know, it's hard to think that they will not win because you got to think of a team beating them four games. It's hard to think about that. Except when you watch them, you're like, they are, it's blood in the water. I don't know if anybody can close the deal, but it's blood in the water. So uh, you can chime in on that, 832-941-6614. In baseball, another, yes, another no-hitter. This time, Corey Kluber, he got it done last night for the Yankees. And that's, I mean, that's excessive. I had a discussion with Biscuit. Uh, of course, you've heard him on the podcast before. We talked about, he says, oh, it's the dead ball. But it's more than that because there are a record number of strikeouts. The offenses are not doing well in baseball. The pitchers are dominating the game. There's even talk of moving the mound back one foot. I don't know if any of those things will happen, although baseball seems to be really open to really changing the fundamentals of the game. Look at what they do in extra innings, starting a guy off on second base, they're doing some things, and maybe they're open to this. I don't think that's the problem. I think that the launch angles and all the analytics folks who have gotten away from folks advancing runners, learning how to hit to all fields, concentrating on hitting and advancing the player to the next base as opposed to just trying to get it up and out. And subsequently, you see guys strike out a lot. Now, the pitching is really, really improved. I mean, really, you have, you know, every guy that comes in the game can throw 94-plus, and that's challenging. And uh, these guys are not able to keep up right now. Then you have the shift. 
So you have teams shifting over uh, to defend guys who who can't hit opposite field, who pull the ball. And so all of those things play a factor. But six no-hitters this season, and I know that the baseball heads, like the, the traditionalists, probably are having a little bit of a fit about this one. So if you want to get away from talking about the struggles of offense, look no further than your – and my Houston Astros, Houston Astros, uh, again, win today. Eight runs in back-to-back games. They won last night, eight to one. Won this afternoon, eight to four over the Oakland A's. And now they assume first place in their division. And, man, they have been able to really dominate their division. But it's the offense that's getting the job done. Zach Granke last night was great. Yuri Gurriel uh, got four hits last night. Here's a stat that I'm sure the Astros only added to with today's eight-run performance. Coming into uh, the game this afternoon, they led the Major League in hits with 400. They, in addition to that, have the most runs in Major League Baseball with 229, now 237. And they have guys that have really dominated on the offensive side. Of the top 11 hitters in the American League, the Houston Astros have five of them. You have uh, Jordan Alvarez batting 343, Yuri Gurriel 338, uh, Alex Bregman 312, Michael Brantley, Uncle Mike, uh, he's uh, averaging 311, and Jose Altuve 308. So when you're doing that, I mean, you're going to be hard to beat. And then you get some good pitching from Granke, McCullers. Uh, we have to see what happens with Jose Urquidy. If uh, he's on the I.L., a retroactive, so he'll be out. Uh, Framber Valdez is on some reassignment uh, pitching assignments with the, the Skeeters. So we'll see how he'll progress. And Paredes is also another pitcher who is uh, is recuperating and coming back with some rehab assignments. So the Sugarland Skeeters, by the way, uh, are getting underway. So that is happening. So a lot going on in baseball, a lot going on in basketball, and I want your take on all of it. Give us your NBA Finals prediction if you want, 832-941-6614. With that, want to double back to basketball because – uh, everything that happens in sports didn't always happen on the field. Sometimes it doesn't even happen with current players. Sometimes it's just beef. And I'm talking about old beef. I'm talking about beef jerky beef. Old, old, ancient beef. And that's what we have here for this edition of Shots Fired. This time out, you know, if you want to talk about something that has reverberated around the world of media and sports media over the last couple of days, it is Kwame Brown, the former number one overall pick of the Washington Wizards, going smack the hell off on, on Matt Barnes. I mean, on really on everybody. The list is growing. So who, here's who we have so far <laughs> when you talk about shots fired. You talk about Kwame Brown going in on Matt Barnes, Stephen Jackson, Stephen A. Smith, Charlemagne the God, and Jamel Hill. And that's, I haven't even checked today. So essentially what happened is Stephen Jackson and Matt Barnes have a very popular podcast, which is entitled All the Smoke. And, and they get the best guests, and they, and, I mean, they're not 
media types, but they are able to get the best guests. And they are able to talk candidly with some of these guys. Gilbert Arenas, who actually, I think he kind of, he's on the list too, from the Kwame Brown list too. And so he uh, was on All the Smoke. And they were joking and ridiculing Kwame Brown's career. Now, let's put all of this in perspective. Kwame Brown was an 18-year-old. He came out of high school, got drafted, and made millions and millions and millions of dollars as a basketball player. He had provided generational wealth with just modest planning, generational wealth for his family. He's done tremendous things financially in his life through the game of basketball. So that's, that's the reality of it. But in the bubble that is the basketball world, he's a bust. He was clearly not what they thought he was going to be. He clearly never never developed into somebody who is the number one pick in the entire world in the NBA draft. It's not like the NFL where you have just guys in the United States. Look, you can go anywhere around the world. You can find the next Dirk Nowitzki or Yao Ming or whatever, and he was the number one guy. And what happened was... He was a bust. He just was not that good. And he has become the butt of a lot of jokes. And I guess he got fed up. And he called um, he called Matt Barnes Becky with the good hair. He challenged Stephen A. Jackson, Stephen A. Smith, not Stephen Jackson. Well, all of them. But specifically Stephen A. Smith to come to Washington, which is a mutual combat state. He went in on Charlemagne the God, who Charlemagne the God really came to his defense in a backwards Charlemagne-type way. So essentially, Charlemagne went on The Breakfast Club. Of course, that's the nationally syndicated radio show. And said, hey, man, y'all leave this dude alone. You don't know this guy and his family, and you want to leave this one alone. And so uh, he basically went into the fact that Kwame Brown's father murdered, brutally murdered a woman and is spending the rest of his life in prison. And his brother also killed his wife, and himself this is in his dna and and i guess Charlemagne was saying like this is not the guy you want to mess with and since then i mean all hell is broken loose in the world of of twitter and instagram it this just this is insane and it needs to stop somebody needs to reach out to these guys and put a halt to this because now the latest is of course matt barnes wanted to invite Kwame Brown, and, and I'm not even really delving into how dark and deep the cuts were. Kwame Brown, instead of talking about basketball, talked about Matt Barnes, his wife's cheating with his teammate, and eventually about to marry Derek Fisher, and how he there was a domestic incident in which Matt Barnes tried to confront Derek Fisher by climbing over the fence at a home that he'd owned. It, it, it was... It was as bad as anything you're going to see in daytime television or maybe even on VH1. Although VH1 is doing the most for years, and they are just, they have an agenda. And we are fulfilling that agenda for them uh, through some of the programming that they have. And that's, that's a separate conversation. But this is bad. And so Matt Barnes was like, well, look, Stephen A. Smith is... Them that's 60 years old, he's not trying to fight you, but I'm with it. So, you know, come on the podcast, speak your piece, say whatever's on your mind, and if we got to fight before, during, or after, I'm with it. And we're coming to Atlanta next month. Where you at? And so, like, this thing, 
first of all, we, we're talking about old ass millionaires. All these guys are multi millionaires. They're not hundred thousandaires. They're multi millionaires, and they're too damn old. That that just shows you, like, man, come on, man. You would think, man, you got everything. You got all the money you'll ever need. Why? Why does it have to take this turn? But nonetheless, shots were fired. I hope not literal shots will be fired. I hope somebody can get through to these guys and say enough is enough uh, and all the drama uh, will be put away. And and these guys can start acting like the rich, very, very rich men that they are. Rich aging men that they are. So with that, going to take a time out here for my brand new sponsor, Brighter Brains Learning Center. They are just about to do their thing, and I know Mrs. Middleton, and I know that she loves the kids, and more importantly, or just as importantly, is loving the kids. She's capable and uh, qualified to educate your young'uns and get them off to a great start, but I can't tell you about it better than she can. Going to take a time out on the other side, Daniel Ewing. We still have King T, Terrence Harris, a Lamont Award, and I'll climb aboard my soapbox, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast anywhere you get your podcast your children are the most precious gift god has given you their well-being is of the utmost importance and finding childcare that exhibits the same belief is well non-negotiable so why not end your search at brighter brains learning center located in stafford texas brighter brains is a licensed family-owned and operated daycare that promotes an early educational foundation and provides an environment of love safety and quality care for children ages six weeks to five years old for more information call 346-328-3717 or visit brighterbrainslearningcenter.org It's Shelly Wade, and welcome back to Sports Talk with Devin Wade. Welcome back. And I want to uh, remind you guys, if you want to support the podcast by making a, a modest contribution, or, or it doesn't have to be modest, but again, a modest contribution. You can go to Libera Pay, L I B E R A P A Y, all one word, LiberaPay.com, and search for Sports Talk with Devin Wade. And there is a safe and easy way to make a contribution to say that you support the programming. It's a way to support the podcast, it's a way to make sure that we have the things that we need, the infrastructure we need. You're hearing a lot about that in Washington, D.C. infrastructure. It'll give us the infrastructure we need to produce quality programming that you enjoy. I hope you enjoy. I hope we inform you as well. Speaking of informing and entertaining, uh, let's go to our conversation with former professional basketball player, former Duke Blue Devil, former Los Angeles Clipper, Willow Ridge Eagle in the greater Houston area, Missouri City, uh, former international basketball player, Daniel Ewing, friend of the show, and we hadn't heard from him in a while, uh, but he has played in the NBA. He knows what he, he knows more about basketball. He's forgotten more than I'll ever know. And he joined me yesterday to talk about the play-in and the playoffs. So we did talk about last night's game before it took place. Here are his thoughts, and here is our conversation with Daniel Ewing. (laughs) 
Back on the podcast, Daniel Ewing, former professional basketball player, NBA, Duke Blue Devil, played years and years abroad. How are you? Good to talk to you again. Man, it's good. Yeah, definitely, man. It's been a little while. It's good to talk to you too, Devin. Yeah, it, it gets to be your time of year. And I said, well, hey, let me defer. I'm I'm, I'm the point guard in this situation. I got to pass it to the scorers, man. So I, I'm kicking it to you guys and, and getting some information on your thoughts about the NBA playoffs and the play-in tournament. Um, before we get into the play-in tournament, what did you think of this season? This was kind of a crazy season uh, coming off of the abbreviated bubble season. What do you think uh, – what, what were your thoughts about and your takeaways from the regular season this year? Honestly, I honestly enjoyed it for the most part. Uh, I mean, you had some spectacular performances by individuals. Steph Curry had a hell of a year. You got guys like Russell Westbrook still doing what he's doing. Uh, it seemed like it was going to be the year of the big fellas with Jokic and, and Joel Embiid being front runners for the MVP. And then, you know, you had the suspense of the Brooklyn Nets and how that's going to come together and when those all three of those guys going to be on the court together. So uh, it's, it's been an exciting year for me for the most part. Yeah, it's been really interesting and a lot down the stretch made it interesting. I think it was hard to judge this season because all your studs were injured. You know, you had the, the Lakers with their issues, the Brooklyn Nets with their issues. Then uh, you had uh, Murray in Denver go down. It's just been – it's hard to tell, like, you know, who's who and and what really matters. I think a lot of people automatically think that Brooklyn and the Lakers can both flip a switch and go to the NBA Finals. Do you think that? And that's what's going to make this playoffs interesting because I don't think that. Yes, Brooklyn does have the talent to do it. But like you said, because these guys have not really played together a lot this season uh, with all the injuries and this guy sitting out this game and that guy sitting. I don't matter how talented you are, man. Like that chemistry plays a big factor in teams actually winning everything at that level. And for the Lakers, I mean, yeah, they have the experience being the defending champs. But I think the injuries that they had late in the, later in the season and guys not having that rhythm and th- their two stars trying to get back in shape is going to affect them also and trying to make their run. What team – and I know it's – I mean, and I agree with what you're saying, but it's, it's, when you break down, what team do you think can beat either the Lakers or the Nets in four games? Like what team in the East can, can beat them four games? To be honest, I mean, I think it's – on both sides, like you said, because the season has been very interesting with a lot of injuries, guys going down, uh, guys in and out of lineups. I think on both sides, it's a who's who. I mean, anybody can win it this year, honestly. You think about the West, right? The Lakers, the Lakers are not really the front runners going into this playoffs because of you know the injuries to LeBron and, and, and AD. You got Utah being the number one seed on that side. Phoenix Suns playing really well. Uh, you still got the Clippers you got to worry about. Denver took a hit with losing Jamal Murray, but there's still a team that can that can knock somebody off or, or make a push for themselves to, to make it back to the Western Conference Finals. And on the East, like I said, with the Nets being a first-year team coming together, I think people forget that this is the first year Kyrie and KD done been together. Yeah, They were all out, they were all out last year. So for them to have, to have a full season together even this year when, they, when they're healthy and playing, and then you throw in James Harden in that mix, man, you, you just can't – stuff just don't come together just because you're talented. Like, it, a, lot, a lot of other pieces have to come, come together as well. So you got, you got Philadelphia, who I, I haven't been a fan of in the past, but these guys are, are playing really well this year. And you still got to look out for Miami and, and Milwaukee. 
What about a team, and I meant to ask you this a little bit further along in the conversation, but let me ask you about them now. Uh, what about a team like the Atlanta Hawks? Can they su- surprise somebody, maybe win a series, maybe two? I mean, not not that they would go to the the NBA Finals, but could they win a series or two? I doubt it. I seriously doubt it. Realistically, are you just hoping that, you know, Trey Young and maybe one other guy, Atlanta, you know, makes it makes it interesting and, and puts on a hell of a performance in the playoffs. And we, you know, we have some interesting games and some close good games. But I, I doubt they even make it out the first round. Okay, now let's get to the play in tournament. Okay. Um, we saw it kick off last night. And we could be faced with a situation where the Lakers conceivably won't even make it to the playoffs because conceivably they could lose tonight and then that would force them to have to play the winner of the 9-10 game. Do you like the format and do you think this is something that the NBA should keep? As a fan, I'm not against it. I'll just say that. As a fan, as a fan I think it's cool. Uh, if I was a player, no, I would I wouldn't like the format, especially if I'm you know one of those seven eight teams. I mean, like basically, you're saying like, what am I playing a regular season for to to get an actual playoff spot? And then you telling me I have to have a play in game, no matter what. But I mean, yeah, you're right about the Lakers actually possibly could not make the playoffs, but it, a lot of stuff would have to go wrong. Basically, AD and LeBron would have to go down with injuries. For them not to win one of these possibly two games they have to play. What do you what do you think about tonight's game, uh, Golden State? And, and I mean, can I mean Steph? Like you said, he's an MVP candidate. As good a season as he's had, I mean, especially without a lot. I mean, without his right hand man uh, in Clay Thompson. Of course, Durant left a couple years ago. So I mean, can they beat the Lakers tonight? I mean, in a one game. One game scenario, yes, it's possible. Like especially with the way Steph has been playing, uh, it's very possible that they could beat the Lakers tonight, and that's what makes it interesting. And so, uh, I mean, I think that's why a lot of people are going to be really tuned into this game, and, and we'll see a and we'll see a real like a, a we should see a Western Conference type atmosphere, you know, intensity with this game because it's. I mean, it's, this is definitely a big game for the Lakers. Like you said, if they lose this game, then they're on the fringes of having to play a, mo- a win-all game just to make the playoffs. Yeah, now how do you think the Lakers would fare in an opening round, say if they have to play either Utah or Phoenix? What do you – I mean, do you favor them in either of those series? Uh, if, if LeBron is healthy, I do. Like I said, I don't think – and it's, it's not a knock to Utah, but I don't think none of the teams in the Western Conference are threatened by the Utah Jazz having a number one seed. And that's not to say they don't have a good team. They haven't had a great season. But like I said, Utah hasn't uh, – you have to take your hats off to them for what they've done so far this this season. But Utah hasn't done anything in the playoffs to make anything anybody scared. You know, they haven't had a run in the playoffs to make you think that, okay, yeah, like this is the year Utah is going to either get back to the finals or be a Western Conference team. They, they, they don't have that pedigree yet. Yeah, so uh, just uh, putting a, a button on the, the playing tournament. So you give it a thumbs up to go next year. I mean, obviously this is a one year trial. Do you think they should continue next year? I think honestly, I'm in favor if they if they go back to the rules the way they had it last year in the bubble. With just eight where, versus nine. Well, no, where that you have to be either a certain amount of games within reach of the of the eight seed to make it. You know what I'm saying to make it a playoff play in scenario. Right. 
Right. You know what I'm saying? So, like, if you six games behind the eighth seed, then the eighth seed should be secure for not having to play, a, you know, a playing game or whatever, whatever, whatever number they pick. But I think it, it should be a like you should be have to be so many games behind or, or close enough to the eighth seed to have a playing game. I want to ask you about the Houston Rockets. Obviously, this was a franchise that was <laughs> in the A section of the newspaper uh, before Harden <laughs> got traded. Not in in the classifieds, in the back of the newspaper. <laughs> what do you think about uh, their season and, and their prospects moving forward? Man, I mean, if you if you're a Houston Rockets fan, I'm pretty sure it's been a it's been a hard season to watch. But I mean, what I mean, what else did you expect when when everything went down? They have some promising pieces in uh, Kevin Porter Jr. and you got a Tate. The Tate kid name. is a nice player. Tate, Tate, Christian Tate, Wood. Tate, yeah, you talk right about. and and Woods. Yeah, so I mean, you got some some young potential pieces that you could work with right now, and just hopefully bring in some better pieces with the draft and maybe some free agent pieces. Who do you uh, like to bring if, everything if, together? If they if they have the top pick, is it Cade Cunningham? Is, is it uh, the kid from Gonzaga? Is it uh, the kid out of USC? Who who are you? Who do you think is? I mean, I know you know more college basketball, and obviously, we, we all of us saw Jalen Suggs do his thing. Uh, who do you think would be the right pick for the Rockets if they had the top, uh, the overall pick in the draft? If the Rockets had the number one pick, yeah. I mean, for me, I think you got to go with K. Cunningham, and like I said, I mean, you can't turn that down with a guy with his potential and his talent right now. The size and his athleticism, playmaking ability that we've seen him do in college and high school. I mean, I think you have to go with that that pick right there. If you're the Rockets, what do you do with John Wall? Man, uh, <laughs> that's tough. <laughs> I mean, that's tough, man. Like, you know, John Wall, a healthy John Wall definitely still has game, still has a lot in the tank to help a team. But if he's not healthy with the money he's making, yeah, that, that makes it tough for any team, not just the Rockets. That makes it tough for any team to, to figure out what to do with John Wall. Are uh, they stuck with him because of his contract and his injury history? Probably so, most likely, right? I mean, most likely, yeah, because of his injury history, uh, you're probably stuck with you're stuck with this contract until he can prove otherwise that he can stay healthy and have a, a good season while doing so. I want to ask you uh, about uh, Russell Westbrook. Obviously, he breaks the the career record for triple doubles. Explain to folks who, who you know haven't played in the NBA like you have how difficult that is, and what does that say about him as a player and his place in NBA history? Man, it says a lot about him as a player. Man, it says everything about him as a player, actually. Like I mean, we take for granted people getting triple doubles because it's so it's so much more frequent nowadays in this era. But I mean, it's a reason why a guy hadn't averaged a triple double in so long since Russ did it back in 2016. Before then, the Oscar Robertson what in the early 70s or whenever it was. Well, he wrapped up uh, in 1974, but yeah, he had a season, a, a couple seasons. Didn't he for a career average a triple double? Right? Uh, I mean, so he, I mean, he did it year after year. Yeah. Right. So, uh, for us to be doing this for his fourth straight season, right, and still people, for whatever reason, don't want to get this guy to, you know, what I'm saying the the recognition and respect he deserves. You might not like him as a player, but you can't take away from what he's doing. Uh, night in and night out, and the production and the stats that he's putting up are is something nobody else has ever really done. 
Yeah, it's been amazing. I want I do want to ask you about this. And I know that the NBA is a fraternity and, and you guys are generally uh you know, once you played in the NBA, you're an NBA guy. What do you think of this whole thing with uh with Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes and and uh, uh Kwame Brown on social media? Do you, have, how much of that have you seen and what what's your general takeaway from all of that stuff? Man, I, I I wouldn't even get into that. Uh, <laughs> I, I've seen I've seen some of it, and like I say, I don't know I don't know any of those guys well enough, you know, to speak on anything. You know, what I'm saying any of the any of the stuff off the court. You know, what I'm saying so. For me, I mean that's 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 not for me to even speak of. Well, uh, let me ask you this: Is there a guy out there that can call any of those guys, especially Kwame Brown, and say, "Hey, man, okay, that's." You're doing too much. Like, is, is there someone uh, that these guys will respect enough to cut it out? Because now it's getting to be ridiculous, and you know, you're talking about you know grown old ass millionaires having fist fights. I mean, like, what, like, what are we really doing here? And who can who can reach these guys? <laughs> you know, like, who can talk to these guys in the NBA that could make a call? Man, nobody, honestly. I mean, because. It's become entertainment for everybody, right? right? Right. And so these guys are not in the NBA, so it's not hurting the NBA. So the NBA's not gonna, you know, so they don't the NBA's care. not gonna <laughs> send they're not gonna send the cavalry to to, to squat. They're not gonna waste their time trying to squash it. And Steve uh Stag Jack and Matt Barnes have a platform where they can where they can talk like this. So if, if it's not affecting the pockets of their platform and what they're doing, like it's gonna continue until one of them. Somebody just say, "All right, man, I, I said my piece and I'm done." Yeah. Now, I'm would I would imagine you know Stephen Jackson. I, do you know any of those guys? Because I know Stephen. I mean, he's from Port Arthur, and he's been around Houston quite a bit. Do you know him personally? I don't. I don't know him. Yeah, I don't know him personally. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's just a. It's a. <laughs> like, if, on one hand, it's cool, but now you y'all going. You're doing too much. And then it's getting more and more ignorant, and and it needs to stop. <laughs> I mean, that's just yeah. my take on it, because you know, I don't know. Yeah, honestly, man, I didn't even know that Kwame had actually responded until last night. Some friends of mine had asked me, "Had I seen it?" Yeah, and I don't know if you've seen all of it, but he has done the most. <laughs> and a lot of people are putting that key in his back, man, and they are really applauding him. I mean. I just yeah, it's it's crazy. I, you need to. I'll send you all of that so you can <laughs> just see all of it because he he really went. I mean, you could tell that he is really deep in his feelings about it, and I, I think that he is he's taking basketball criticism too too personal because then he started talking about. Obviously, he started going in on Matt and uh, and Stephen Jackson's personal life. And it, it wasn't about basketball, so it, it's one of those things that I hope, I hope that somebody can reach those guys and and that can be stopped because that's it's too much now, you know. Because <laughs> Matt Barnes has challenged him to a fight, you know. I mean, like, okay. Oh, see, yeah, I see. I haven't, I haven't, yeah, I haven't heard or seen none of that. So, oh, and, yeah, and I mean. Kwame Brown has has has, has, has invited Stephen Jackson to Washington, <laughs> where they can have mutual combat. So yeah, it's it's getting way way too far. <laughs> so, but man it, it, you know it's great catching up with you and uh, I always appreciate your insight I want to visit with you more during the NBA playoffs and get your take on what you're seeing how can folks reach you on social media 
You can catch me at uh on Instagram and Twitter at Mr. Daniel Ewing. That's M R Daniel Ewing on both Instagram and Twitter. Hey man, we certainly appreciate it. And we look forward to talking to you real soon. Man, always. It's a pleasure. For more content, go to WaysWordProductions.com. I want to thank Daniel Ewing for joining us. And if you get a chance, hit him up on his social media platforms. Let him know that you heard him on the podcast. We're that going to hear a word from another one of our sponsors, CoBank Homes, and a mix from our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy. This is the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Anywhere you get your podcast. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple, and it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams. I'm sure y'all move like this. DJ Anarchy Anarchy. And if you have music you'd like played on the podcast, we'll play a snippet at the halfway point and an entire track or an extended portion of a mix at the end of the episode. Just email us, music at wadeswordproductions.com. That's music at wadeswordproductions.com. With that, uh, before we hear from Terrence Harris and give out our Lamont Award, I want to climb aboard my soapbox when we are together we got power and now it's time to get on the soapbox now not every time i climb aboard my soapbox is it something that is earth shattering or heavy or hard to deal with sometimes it's just the little annoyances in life that uh, i think i can share that i share with you guys that i think you will identify with so i am blessed with relative good health i'm not the healthiest but i'm i'm in relative good health 
That means I don't go to the doctor but once, maybe twice a year with no flu because I had a mask on and no COVID and nothing like that. I didn't I didn't I haven't been to the doctor in a while. So I went to go see my doctor. And it, it's a situation that creates anxiety, not because of the the doctor portion of it. What create and I wasn't even feeling really bad this time. So I wasn't like I'm just so sick. So but I went to see the doctor. And it's, it's anxiety-inducing because you have to rush to get your questions in. Now, I don't know if this happens to you. I think that this is quite common. But the doctors, especially primary physicians, they race in. They, you know, they have their assistants, you know, get all your vitals and ask you questions. And they do all of the, the, the preliminary work. The primary physician breezes in. And, like, ask a couple questions, does a couple things, and then is out. <laughs> and, and I don't think that I have a bad doctor. I, I, I don't think so. But I'm uncomfortable with her pace. We need to be on the same pace. And at one point, I'm like, can you look? Will you look me in the eye? I want you to see me. I'm a person, not just a patient. And I'll just, it's like I have a list of questions, mental questions. I'm like, well, maybe I just need to bring a notepad. Because I am a almost a bit of a hypochondriac. <laughs> I'm on the edge. <laughs> I, I slip over. I'm a, I'm a line stepper uh, to, when it comes to hypochondria. So I, I'm, and I step over quite a bit. And so I have questions about little things that annoy me that I or maybe I need think need to be addressed or panic about whatever. And I'm like, you know, and I posted this on Twitter. I don't know many of you saw this. I'm like, I feel like I'm the guy at the club trying to holler at the female. Like, let me holler at you. Hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, shorty. Not that I ever did that. But I'm just saying, she's breezing through and I have questions. My other doctor, he went to concierge care. He said he was tired of making the little money. He went and made the big money. But that is what I'm on my soapbox about. If you're a physician, and I know I have doctors, lawyers, all sort of professionals listening. Slow down. Take a breath. Bring, bring, look, bring a cup of coffee into the examination room so we can sit for a while. Let me sit in this situation and converse and get feel com- more comfortable about this interaction. So if you identify with that, if you can relate to that, hit me up on Facebook or on the sports line. With that, let's get into our conversation with our guy, King T, Terrence Harris. Again, we had an opportunity to talk to him yesterday, and it was a fun conversation. It got to talk about some music. Here's our guy, King T. Good afternoon. How are you? Man, I'm chilling, man. I'm chilling. How you doing? Man, you trying to beat James Brown in the sports world, man. You trying to take my title as the hardest working man in the game, man. Brother, that's been me all my, my career, man. You know, I, I can't just do it one way. <laughs> yeah, you, I mean, that's this sort of the modern economy. You got to get a check from a lot of different places, man. That's, a lot of different places, yeah. Yeah, and that's a good thing. Before we get started, uh, I wanted to – I saw something on social media you posted about your son. Congratulations. Uh, he had an honor with the band. As I yeah. Was he um, – Nigel – this dude, I'm telling you, he he's he, he's worked so hard, you know, at this drum thing. It, it, it's been unreal, and he has really worked himself into being a, a very good percussionist. 
But I think it surprised us all last night when he got the most outstanding percussionist in, in, in the varsity band. Man, that is awesome, man. So, you, hey, I didn't know you had a musical household like that, man. What have you been playing for him? Man, you know, it's funny. I mean, like, my, you know, like Nigel, and, and it make you feel good as a sometimes as a father. I mean, you know, when your kids just decided to kind of follow in your footsteps. And I grew up playing the drums, but I didn't have it like he had it, has it, you know, in terms of like my mama wasn't going to buy me no drum set because she didn't want to hear that noise. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I, I mean, if I didn't get it in school, you know, I just didn't get it. <laughs> you know, and, and, and I happened to be in a band with, well, you know, just playing the drums with guys like like like. Sean LeVert, whose dad is Eddie LeVert from the from, from the OJs. Oh, I didn't know you had so, those ties like that, man. Yes, yes. So his access to, to, to instruments and his understanding of music was so far above ours, it wasn't funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and, 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 and so, you know, you had to compete with those guys. And, of course, the, the, the LeVerts, they had drums in their house. I'm, yeah, and he, I'm sure he had access to the studio and any, any instrument he and wanted. Everything, yeah. So he was, yeah, he was cold. I mean, you know, Sean couldn't read music, but if if you played it for him one time, he was the man. Yeah, I bet y'all know all OJ songs, huh? Backstabbers. <laughs> oh man, all of that. I mean, I said we grew up with him. I mean, my mom was best friends with Walter Williams' his wife. Man, you know, you know what? So that's I, one I, of my favorite favorite voices in all the music is Walter Williams. He is so yeah. underrated and underrecognized. Uh, I mean, obviously Eddie Levert gets all of the, the the accolades because of how the intensity. But I'm telling you, there's not a smoother voice in music than Walter Williams. I'm telling you, that not, that is the dude. Hey, man, I, I would love to talk to him. Man, talk to your mom. Set that up for me, man. <laughs> well, you know, he's he's also a, a Facebook friend of mine on uh, on Facebook. That is, hey, man, that is so just hit, You know, hit him on there. You know, Walt's, Walt's real cool. Always been one of the most down-to-earth guys. Just, I mean, I, I, I loved him growing up. I mean, just knowing him as, as just, you know, Uncle Walt. Forever, you know, or, or getting the, you know, one, one, of the, one of the highlights of my childhood was what's considered. He has uh, three daughters, Poppy, and then they had the, the twins, uh, Lovey and Dovey. And one night they were having a concert in Cleveland, and we just he, he we just you know he's from Cleveland, so we we rode we rode with him to the concert like he was going to work. Yeah, yeah, which essentially you know? he was. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah, it was it was cool. I mean, so you're having those experiences with them. And, and that family was was just phenomenal growing up. Yeah, but back to Nigel. Nigel's a, a heck of a drum player. <laughs> Do you you play that old school for him? Does he get some old school flavor? Oh, he get a little old school flavor. He, he get it off because he's old. He's kind of an old soul with it too. So yeah. Hey, you got to listen to the Friday Express on KTSU. Listen to your boy, man. I play some great music for him. A lot of OJ's. Okay. Yeah. So we'll make that happen. What's been going on? What stood out to your last? Uh, I guess it's been a, three, four weeks since we've had a chance to talk. What stood out to you in the world of sports? Oh man, what hasn't? I mean, you know, we we got the, the Deshaun Watson drama still continuing. Uh, you know, you got the Astros playing better than anybody could have expected them to play. Uh, you got the the Rockets and you know them limping to the end. You know, so it's, it's just been so much. I mean, but you know, I thought what the Texans did in the draft was just just was very interesting and very telling about really what's what's going on and what we've all what we've all suspected was going on, and now we all know. Yeah, that's a done deal. And that's uh, – what's your take on – do you think and, – and I've said this for a while, and it's not 
I don't know that it's unpopular because people don't know, but I don't think it's very – people don't like to hear this, but I don't think he's going to play at all in 2021. I don't. I have a feeling that you're right there. I mean, you know, because I think there's just too much uncertainty about what his availability could be and might be. And uh, and I think, you know, there's there's a decision that's probably being made that, uh, you know, is, is better for him to just kind of sit on the sideline and get his legal issues worked out. And I don't. It doesn't seem like uh, they know a lot about what's going on. At least they're not able to speak to it publicly. I heard some comments from David Cully after the rookie uh, mini camp, uh, and basically, hey, they're not going to talk about it because. And I don't know that they have much to say either way. And, and I, at this point, I don't know. I don't know what the draft market is looking like for him yet. Yeah, the trade, and that's why it might make more sense, kind of to, to the point of what you said to just go ahead and put him on the shelf for next year, let him work through these issues, and then guess what? After that, if he gets through everything and he comes out of this okay, now his his, his trade value goes back up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but right now it's in the tank. It, it makes no it, – it, it's kind of like trading stocks. I mean, you know, you don't you don't trade when, when they're low because you're not going to make any money. So sometimes you got to hold on to them for a minute. That's going on, and that that will be going on. Want to ask you now? I've been watching a lot of Astros. Obviously, one of the guys, that, a couple of the guys, you thought you could count on, and obviously, we knew that Verlander was hurt last year. We knew that he would miss this year with Tommy John surgery. But Framber Valdez has not been available. Uh, Jose Urquidy is a little uh, he's a little sore, so he got pulled early from his last start. But by and large, the Astros are doing way better considering that they don't have consistent starting pinching to count on because Zach Granke will come out and he'll he'll be awesome, and then the next time out, he'll be out after three or four innings. And then the bullpen has been inconsistent. McCullough's sort of a little bit of the same thing. What do you, what's your take on the Astros? I mean, obviously, the, the top of that lineup is just batting out of this world, man. They're doing yeah. work. Uh, what do you see? And, and that's exactly what I see. I'm, you know, they're getting the offense that they need. And then when they get some good pitching, I mean, they you know, they can really do something. I mean, you know, and they definitely support that good pitching. So when that, that, that good pitching is always rewarded with some with some offense. And that's kind of been the difference. I mean, because at, at times, you know, we, we're used to seeing the Astros be really strong at, at the plate, obviously, at the pitching mound, I should say. But maybe kind of being inconsistent at the at the plate. And and I think we're seeing a little bit of the 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 opposite this year and it's, and it's been fun to watch yeah because at the top of any offensive category in american league either uh, uh jordan alvarez is there aguriel is there uh altuve is doing work bregman is is hitting well correa had struggled a little bit but he's uh had, had gotten it sort of turned around last night right. they put up five runs and give up a uh, sort of a, a late uh they blow the lead to brayu uh, and they blow the lead, and they lose that game late, six to five. And uh, now the Oakland A's are a game and a half up in the uh, AL West. But yeah, I've been uh, watching a whole lot of baseball. Any other teams? Any other players ha- have stuck out to you uh, so far? No, I mean, you know, like I said, I've, I've been, I've been, it's been kind of interesting, you know, watching, watching Bergman do do their thing. I mean, and and really, that's what I've enjoyed. I mean, kind of seeing the guys that we've been watching. For a little minute, you know, kind of round back into shape and and be able to be very productive players. I mean, and, and it's been it's been pretty cool. I don't know if they can sustain it or not, but it's it's it certainly made you know the beginning of the season you know uh, very exciting. 
Well, if you get Paredes back and Arquide's not hurt and Framber Valdez that kind of comes along, they, it may be even better for them. And one thing yeah. about it, they're able to win in their division. So we'll keep uh, an eye out for the Astros. want to ask you about the NBA playoffs. The play-in tournament, how, how are you liking it? We've had one night of it. We have the Lakers versus the Golden State Warriors tonight. What do you? What's your take on it? Do you like it? Do you like the expanded, like the tournament style, or just the single play-in game or no play-in? What do you think? Well, well, let me let me say something real quick about this Lakers Golden State play-in game tonight. Is it Cleveland man? I don't know who to I don't know who to cheer for in this game. <laughs> Why? I got enemies all over the place, man. I got enemies all over the place. I mean, you know, of course, I, I mean, I can't stand the, the Golden State Warriors. Right. But, I, I mean, you know, you know, when it comes to what's happening on the basketball court right now, I'm, st- I'm still not a big fan of, of LeBron James because of, you know, of, of how he left my franchise in Cleveland. Yeah. Which- so I don't have a winner tonight. And you know what? And we got a chance here in Houston to see exactly what you guys felt like in Cleveland. It was like one day we had Harden and an NBA franchise, and the next we had nothing. And then I know well, well, the young guy. But, 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 but Harden, I'm sorry. Harden ain't good enough to get you no championship. It's different, man. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, along the lines of having a star. Then leaves yeah. and now the franchise is not even watchable, you know. Right? Yeah, you just don't. I mean, you know, you try to care a little bit, but you don't. <laughs> and then you look at this guy and he, he talk about our fans in in, in Los Angeles, and I'm like, dude. I mean, you know, where's your loyal? Do you have any a, a loyal bone in your body when it comes to to cities and and, and teams? You know, you just on to the next one, and my fans, our fans, you know, and I'm like, man, go ahead on with that, that faker <laughs> mess, you know. So, uh, how do you think it'll play out? Uh, I mean, overall, let's let's say, I mean, do you think the Lakers will get through these? Say, if they, even if they lose a night, they have another chance to get into the playoffs. It, do you still think that they're the favorite? Obviously, it wouldn't seem like it, but what do you think? Well, I don't think so because they're just not healthy. I mean, and and and. You can't really count on on LeBron's ankle, and and we've always known, you know, AD AD stay broke up, man. <laughs> he didn't drink and, his and, milk. <laughs> I mean, them, them guys might be better off just go ahead and fading out and 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 resting up for next year, you know. But uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't. I, I definitely see them losing tonight. Okay. And then they'll yeah, rebound uh, the uh, the uh, they'll have to yeah. play uh, the the actual winner of the the nine ten game, uh, and we'll have to see how that plays out. But it, they should be able to get in. What do you think of that? For, uh, maybe you know them making their way all the way to the Western Conference Final. I mean, what team do you think? Will I don't get them? see. I don't see that because who did it, who uh, is it? Would they play? Who are they playing in the first round? They play who, Utah. Number one seed in the West. Utah. Utah. Could you really see them beating Utah in the first round? Again, it's hard to it's hard to see LeBron go out like that. And again, it depends. Now I saw him in the regular season finale tweak that ankle again. So you you don't know. And then they yeah. not play together. But basketball, I mean, it just seems like such a foregone conclusion that those guys are going to get it together. Just like with Brooklyn, for all the things that Brooklyn has gone through, I mean, do you think they're the favorite in the East? No, they, they unfortunately they're not because they what they haven't. I mean, they haven't played together enough, and that matters in the playoffs. Yeah, it but, really does. The continuity, the understanding of where you like the ball, how do you, how y'all move, how y'all work together, 
having that seat time is important, man. And, and it's really important during the playoffs. You can kind of dance around it during the regular season because, you know, at that point, you're not really as focused on matchups. But in the playoffs, it's about matchups at that point. And trust me, they, they're going to be in some trouble. I don't see them being better. I really think the Sixers could be the team. I mean, I still – I think Milwaukee – is is better will be better than Nets at this point. So I mean, I just don't, I don't see them winning it all because they just haven't been together long enough. And then, you, and, then, and then we don't know how important this thing is to Kyrie because he's more worried about what's going on in the Middle East right now. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe we, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see how all of that plays out. But but do you like this new format of the play-in or no? I do. I mean, it, it has a new wrinkle to it. I'm not bothered by it at all. I mean, I think that it's a, it's a great, it's a great idea. I mean, and it's a, it's a way to add a little more excitement to it. I mean, you know, and because everybody's always talking about the 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 ninth or tenth team that should have got in, and and those teams in reality never end up winning anything, but. You know, it does add to the excitement of it. Well, and it also makes uh, teams play to the end. Now, this is a one-year trial. Do you think if you would give it a thumbs up to go next year? Yeah, I mean, uh, let's 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 see how this the rest of this week goes. But if you're talking about what I've seen so far, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm I'm for it. I'm I bet you everybody's going to be tuned in tonight to watch LeBron versus versus Golden State. Nobody can. This is gold for the NBA. Yeah, it is. Yeah. This is gold. Because this is a, a, I mean, this manufactured matchup that wouldn't have otherwise taken place. It's like, man, you, but again, this could hurt if the Lakers, well, I mean, again, they have to lose twice. But if they lose twice and they don't actually make the playoffs, that would be a huge blow for the NBA. So for, for all the excitement of this one night, if the Lakers lose two in a row, which they could because of health, I mean, you could be looking at a situation where the Lakers will not be one of the top eight teams and will not make the playoffs. It, that would be a big, big blow. So we'd have to have to see how that goes. Anything else about as the, the NBA wrapped up? Obviously, we saw Westbrook set uh, the uh, career record for triple-doubles. Anything stood out to you uh, in the regular season before really the, the postseason starts? I think the biggest thing for me right now is, and, and I, I'm spending a lot of time kind of watching it, is what's going on in Boston. I mean, I just thought that that team would be better than it is. And I thought, you know, you, you, they, they got some, some pretty good players up there. They got a great coach, uh, you know, or, or people or, or coach that people thought is great. And, and they're just not living up to it. I mean, I know that they won last night, which was great. Yeah, and I know but, they missed Jalen Brown they too. In that situation is crazy. Yeah, the injuries and Jalen Brown being done for the year. Yeah, that that's going to be tough for them to do uh, much more than you know what they've done already. But yeah, it, we'll have to yeah. keep an eye out for that. Yeah, so I mean that, that's that's been very interesting. I mean, it's been a lot. I mean, you know, watch watching San Antonio kind of go through their thing, and and once again, it speaks to the greatness. I don't believe that there are a lot of great NBA coaches, right? I don't. I don't think that that's what that game is about. But certainly Popovich, when you talk about great coaches in the NBA, he's certainly up there. Oh yeah, of all time, you're right. Yeah. So, well, like I said, what what are you writing about these days? What are you covering? And, and uh, you know, what are you keeping an eye out on? Well, I mean, like this week, you know, we took a look at just kind of wrapping up the Rocket season. 
and what you know what's you know what's ahead, what they might need to do. Uh, it was really interesting to talking to Raphael Stone and um, and Stephen Silas yesterday, and Raphael just not being willing to discuss really what this team needs, that young court needs going forward in terms of type of uh, talent that you need to put around it in order for that core to really grow. And it, to me, it seems that they, they need a point guard, a game-breaking point guard, and they need some shooting. So you they know, have – and mean, then now that you're saying, they're saying that uh, John Wall may not want to be here. Well, he, he, and he doesn't fit. I mean, like, John is good, and John should be – he should be allowed to move on so he can be a backup somewhere because that's, that's who he is right now. And him coming off the bench for somebody, wow. I mean, one of these contenders – you know, put him put him out in L.A. with 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 the Lakers or the Clippers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and so he he you know this team is too young. They're not. By the time they're ready to go, he'll be done. So yeah. the time is off. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a tough row for them, and we'll have to see if they give a top four pick. You definitely want that. Uh, and if that you can make that happen, then you can sort of uh, turn the tide a, a little quicker. Uh, you hope if you if these yeah. guys t- turn out to be what you think they are, K. Cunningham, yeah. uh, you know, the, any of those guys. So yeah, how can folks reach you on social media? Man, check me out on Twitter at Terrence Harris. Man, it's, it's real simple. Holla at your boy. Hey man, we'll make that Walter Williams interview happen for me, man. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right, bro. To have your comments heard, call 832-941-6614. Want to thank our guy, King T. Terrence Harris. Now, you know what time it is. You know what time it is. You know what it is time. It really is. It's time for the Lamont Awards. I don't know the wish you no bad luck. But I hope your ship sinks with no lifeboats and no life preservers and a school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. The Lamont Award goes to the player team entity, someone in or around the world of sports that we deem to be the big dummy. Now, this time, uh, we're giving it to a team. And I'll tell you about the team that we are going to give it to. Because some sports you play, some are games, and some things you compete at. But they're not really games. You don't play at boxing. And you don't play when you're driving 220 miles per hour around the Indianapolis 500. Well, this is what happened, courtesy of the ESPN News Service. An attempted photo opportunity almost went terribly wrong on the opening lap of the Indianapolis 500 practice when Colton Herta crashed into both Scott McLaughlin and the wall, oblivious at more than 200 miles per hour to the Instagram moment ahead. So the racing team of Ray Hall, Letterman, and Lanigan had its three drivers slowly fan across the motor speedway on the front stretch on Thursday's practice for a planned picture. So this is a photo opportunity. So they had picture this. So you have cars racing around the track at between 200 and 220 miles per hour. You lined up three drivers from your team. This is the Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan team. For a picture opportunity, and you didn't notify anybody else. You seem to be oblivious to the fact that there were racing cars behind you. And when Herta didn't see them racing around the the turn, or turn four, at 200 miles an hour, it was almost catastrophic. 
What an unbelievable, rude, selfish, and self-serving thing to do. And I don't know who's all to blame, but it seems like multiple sources should be blamed for this one because not only, wait, who thought that this was okay to do this while folks were actually on the course racing? So I know that they weren't slow to a, a crawl, but it, compared to 220 miles per hour, they were going awfully slow. And if you see the video, it's terrifying. And this is all for a photo shoot. So somebody is about to lose their job. You about to lose your job. I don't know who, I don't know what, but this was a bad, bad decision. And the Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan team, all of those involved with the decision-making process, you all are big dummies. You big dummy. <laughs> <laughs> Now, here's the deal. Now, Bobby Ray Hall, David Letterman, that's his team. The David Letterman. Bobby Ray Hall, I don't know who Lanigan is. But, yeah, this is crazy. So, we know that on Memorial Day weekend, obviously, is the Indianapolis 500. That's coming up uh, not this weekend, next weekend. And But this was almost a big-time tragedy, uh, almost uh, for, for, nothing, for a photo shoot. Reminds me of these tragic stories of these folks whose last uh, moments, living moments on this earth were taking some sort of dangerous selfie. This was bad, and I hope that they sanction whoever they need to sanction because you can't play around with cars going 200 miles, 200 miles per hour plus. So with that, before I let go. Before I let go. Before I let go, hey, want to thank uh, Daniel Ewing. Want to thank Terrence Harris. Want to thank uh, Brighter Brains Learning. Want to thank uh, Cobank Holmes. Want to thank our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy. Want to thank all of you guys. Want to remind you to go to LiberaPay, L-I-B-E-R-A-P-A-Y, LiberaPay.com. Make a contribution to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Also, give us a call. Sports line, 832-941-6614. Follow us on social media at Wade's Word and the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group. And finally, remember these four things. Number one, I don't do no favors after 6 o'clock in the evening. Two, I ain't got no money. Three, I'm not harboring any fugitives from justice. And four, bye. This has been the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at Wade's Word. Thank you for listening.